I want you to think about something. Think about the last time you were invited somewhere and you were really excited about it. Like maybe, maybe it was when you were young and you got invited to a birthday party, or maybe it was in high school when you got invited to the prom, right? I know that's kind of touchy right now because prom couldn't happen uh, for obvious reasons, but uh, so you couldn't come up with a creative idea to invite him or the cool video to invite her. Actually prom for me, there was really no inviting. If you were in high school, you gotta go. It wasn't just for juniors or seniors, it was freshman through senior, and I'll never forget my freshman prom because I was wearing, it's hard to describe what I was wearing, but I'll try. See, beige suits, I don't know if they've ever been in, you know how things go in and out of style? I think that's always been out of style, but that didn't stop me from wearing it to my freshman prom, and the reason I wore it isn't because it was stylish, it's because it's all I had. It's the same suit I wore to my eighth grade graduation from Salem St. Mary's Catholic School. In fact, it's hard to picture, so I'm just gonna show you a picture. I mean, check this out. Is that incredible or what? Yeah, that's right. That's me, front row. Uh, not strategically because we were going boy, girl, but because I was the shortest kid in the class. Yeah, four feet 11 in the eighth grade. Who can say that? So now, now, now glue your eyes to that suit. Now picture me uh, the next year wearing that same suit. Hopefully I've grown a few years as a freshman and you can imagine. So I'm wearing a suit that's too small, it's beige. Uh, there's a reason I didn't have a date, okay, for my freshman prom, but I'll never forget that didn't stop, that didn't stop this senior girl from, from asking me to dance, slow dance. I mean, think about that. She's a foot taller than me. I don't wanna, anyway, it, it really made my night. It was just, thank you. You know who you are. So, but the invitation, see today I believe that God has an invitation to, for you. Like, 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 you're not listening by accident. You're not tuned in, watching, listening by some freak chance. God had this day ordained, planned, and purposed thousands of years ago. Today, he's given us an invitation. He's given you an invitation to transformation. See, that is the title of today's message. Type that into comments. Invitation to transformation. Well, what, what does that mean? Well, you know transformation means change, right? And, and, and if we have an opportunity right now, it is this, that God has given us this invitation and, and he's saying, I have something for you. I have a change for you, but it won't be easy. It never is. Did you know, check this out, like when people are forced to change, many times they don't do it. Even when it's a life or death situation, studies, doctors will say, medical studies will say that when a doctor says to somebody, listen, either change or die, nine out of 10 will, will choose to die. I'm not kidding. Like, like either quit drinking or your, your liver is going to explode. Nine out of 10 will keep drinking, right? Quit smoking. Otherwise your lung is going to explode. Nine out of 10 keep smoking. Quit eating at buffets for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Otherwise you are going to explode. Nine out of 10. You will find them that evening at pizza ranch, hogging down some cheeseburger pizza along with buffalo chicken, which actually that sounds incredible right now. So, and then washing that down with that, that cinnamon streusel pizza, you know what that is with the, with the ice cream? Oh man. Anyway, so that's where they'll be because it changes isn't easy, but I'm telling you, this is an opportunity, an invitation to transformation and God wants, and if you're honest, you want it. Like God has positioned you in this re 
in this area for a reason, in this situation for a reason. But you know there's an area that you want to look different. You know that in an area of your life, you're looking for hope. You're looking for help. You're looking for relief. You're looking for comfort. You're looking for something new and God, and not just for today, not just for the week. I don't, I'm not looking for that. I'm talking about lifelong, uh, a sustained new normal, something that is different. I'm here to tell somebody, look up here right now, you're invited. Uh, you are invited. Type that in comments right now. You're invited. Let somebody else know they're invited. You sit next to somebody on your couch, in your house, uh, eating some oatmeal because you're healthy, good for you. Turn to them and tell them you're invited. Are you typing it in comments? I need you to type you're invited. This is what God is saying to you. That's actually what Jesus said to his disciples when he called them to follow. It's crazy. Like the story of Matthew, which I want to unpack for you, Jesus gave Matthew an invitation to transformation and it changed his entire life. It wasn't easy, but I'm going to show you in God's word how this is going to be so applicable. I want to take you on a journey today, a journey that begins in Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. We'll have the scripture on the screen, but man, if you got your, your phone in front of you, which you know you do, some of you watching from that, man, you can go to the Bible app and, and, and uh, watch that way, or better yet, I mean, get your hard Bible out there and you can underline and you can, you can highlight. God's going to speak to you today. I believe it with all my heart. Matthew is given an invitation to transformation. I want to I pick it up, like I said, in Matthew 9, 9. It says, Jesus was walking along. He saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. That's what Matthew was. He was collecting taxes on behalf of the Roman government. He wasn't, a, he wasn't a Roman person. He was a Jew, actually. But he's collecting taxes from the Jews for the Romans. So he's making a lot of money. He's not well-liked because um, that's just the nature of being a tax collector. Uh, but that's what he's doing. He's doing his job, and he's doing it well. And Jesus says, listen to this. Jesus says, follow me. Two words, follow me. And then he adds to those words, and be my disciple. The word of God says, Jesus, uh, after Jesus said that to him, Matthew got up and followed him. Now we can look at that scripture in and of itself and think, oh my gosh, Matthew, you're so obedient. You're so, you just listened to Jesus and you did what he said. But I'm here to tell you, that wasn't some rash decision. That wasn't some just on a whim, gosh, I'll just follow this stranger who I don't know. God had been preparing Matthew. God or Matthew would have heard of Jesus, trust me. God, Matthew most likely would have saw Jesus before. He heard of the miracles. By this time, Jesus has done multiple miracles. So, so, so Matthew, I mean, it isn't just some rash decision, but Matthew in this moment, this, this, this certain time, and I don't know if Matthew was going through a crisis right now. Maybe he was. Maybe, maybe there was a sickness in his family. Maybe the Dow Jones was crashing. He was in the financial industry. That could have been going down. Maybe Matthew had kids. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say it, but if he did, he's homeschooling. Maybe he's looking for a way out and he sees Jesus. All right, I'm going with you. I don't know what was going on, but I can tell you this. Matthew would be leaving a very good paying job. Matthew would be leaving a very comfortable lifestyle. I'm telling you, from an economic point of view, it would be a downward spiral from here. But from an impact-making, purpose-living, life-changing standpoint, see, many times you have to leave what the world says is good to experience what God knows is great. Okay, I'm going to say it again just to make sure you got that. Many times you have to leave, say leave, 
type leave, what the world says is a good thing, to experience what God knows is a great thing. This is so key that you catch this. See, the world looks at outwardly things. What do you drive? What do you wear? Where do your kids go to school? Where do you live? Blah, blah, blah. How many followers do you have? But you know what God looks at? The heart. Say heart. Type heart. Put the heart emoji. Pick whatever color you want, but just put the heart emoji right in comments right now. I'll give you three seconds. One, two, three. Put the heart emoji because God looks at the heart. And you know how I know that Matthew or God had Matthew's heart? Because the way that he took the invitation to transformation and got up and left. You know, Jesus had Matthew's heart. Let's continue with scripture. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests. I love it. Notice that even though Jesus had Matthew's heart, Matthew still wanted to get closer. See, see, surrender is just the beginning. The heart is just the beginning. Matthew wants to get closer. So he invited him along as dinner guests to Matthew's home along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. I love that. Disreputable sinners. These are people, these, okay. These are Matthew's friends. These are his colleagues. These are his coworkers. These are his neighbors. These are the people that Matthew would hang out with. I love so much that it quickly flows from Matthew's heart into his home. See, home isn't just who we're quarantined and stuck with right now. Home is your circle of influence. Home is your friends. Home is your family. Home is your coworkers. See, and I'm here to tell you something. Um, say home. I, I gotta tell you, say home. Home is a big deal. It's got to flow from your heart into your home. And when it flows up from your heart into your home, I tell you what, you're going to face criticism. In fact, look what the Bible says next. When the Pharisees saw what was happening, the religious people, the righteous people, right? When they saw what was happening, they asked the disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? Hmm. So who's getting criticized here? Well, the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, is getting criticized for hanging out with a loser like Matthew, loser friends that Matthew has, and they, and they, and they look down their nose at him. Again, criticism comes with the territory. When, you, when Jesus flows from your heart and Jesus flows into your home, you will be criticized. You will have people that criticize you. You will have trolls. You will have people that question why you do what you do. People that question why you live the way you live, why you hang out with the people you hang out with, why you serve the way you do. You People will question you. But if you're not getting criticized in some form or fashion for your faith, you should probably examine your faith because it might not be faith at all. I'm just, I'm just going to tell you that. And, and I'm with you in this. I struggle in this. I'll never forget the time, oh my gosh, when I felt I was going to be so criticized and I felt such opposition. I was going to, I was going to visit Mike. And, and some of you, you know the story of Mike and uh, the gentleman, um, our trailer last year was stolen and, and burnt up and everything. And, and Mike was one of the guys that was, was caught with our merchandise trying to sell it. And we knew when he got busted, I knew, say I knew, I knew. I knew what I was supposed to do. We've been praying for this. We've been praying that we'd have an opportunity to get before him or whoever and just, and just give life and hope. But I'll never forget. I, 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 I felt so, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, God, they're going to think I'm a moron. I mean, he doesn't know who I am. He, the, 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 the cops have said he's a habitual you know, offender and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. I'm, I'm going to be criticized. I'm going to be ostracized. I mean, they'll probably even beat me up, which I probably have coming. But I'm just like, I don't know. God, I don't want to do it. I felt such opposition. I, I'll never forget that. But listen to me. When you accept an invitation 
to transformation, you're going to experience opposition. When you accept an invitation to transformation, you will have opposition. But you've heard me say it before. If you've been around the Meadows Church for more than a couple of weeks, you've heard me say it. With opposition comes opportunity. With opposition comes opportunity. It, 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 this is so big that you catch this. People get so freaked out when people um, are, are questioning them or criticizing them. I'm telling you, Jesus lived with it every day. And Jesus, listen to his response. This is classic Jesus right here. When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. And then he added, now go, go and learn the meaning of this scripture. And Jesus would quote a prophet named Hosea from the Old Testament. And he says this, I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. Okay. I want you to love in such a radical way. I'm not worried about your sacrifices right now. See, we're so quick to get back to our rituals that we knew. We're so quick to want to get back to what was normal. Remember, this is a new normal that God's bringing us to. We're so quick. See, Jesus is saying to the ones who cared all about the rituals, the one who's, who cared all about um, tradition, which there's a place for that. But here in this moment, Jesus is saying, I'm not, I don't care about your rituals. I don't care about your religion. What I care is about your relationship with others and the way that you love and show mercy. That's what he cares about. In fact, Jesus goes on to say in verse 13, for I have come to call not those who think they're righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Oh man, I came here to bring a word to somebody. God wants you to know this. God wants you to know that this is for anybody who knows, you know, say I know, you know you're messed up. You know you're screwed up. You don't need anybody to tell you that you got anxiety, you know it. You don't need a doctor's diagnosis when it comes to you being depressed. You feel it and you know it. Say, you know you're, this message is for anybody who's, who, you know you're not there yet. Say I'm not there yet. If that is you, I need you to type in comments right now, I'm not there yet. The Pharisees thought they were there and above there and beyond there. Jesus is saying, you think you're so righteous, you're not. I came for the sick. I came for the lonely. I came for the, the scared. I came for the broken. I came for the diseased. I came for the, he, that's who he came for. I'm not there yet. Listen to me. I know I'm not there yet. Okay. Every time I am dumb enough to walk into Walmart and I'm tempted to ram somebody with my cart, I know I'm not there yet. Every time I drive on the interstate in rush hour traffic and I want to ram somebody with my car, I know I'm not there yet. Though I will tell you this, I haven't been flipped off in probably six months, so I'm pretty excited. Wait, does my, does my wife count? I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. But I'm doing pretty good on the road um, because I haven't hardly driven. So um, when I stub my little pinky toe, when I stub my pinky toe so hard, I almost disconnect it from my entire body and a word will shoot out from my vocal cords, a word that should never come from a pastor's mouth. When that shoots out, listen to me. I know I'm not there yet. My neighbors know I'm not there yet because they heard it. I'm not there yet. And if you are with me, lean into this because the invitation is for you. Matthew wasn't there yet and he knew it. He was a sinner. Luke 15, 1. This is huge. Listen to what Luke writes. Tax collectors, guys like Matthew, and other notorious sinners, okay, guys like me, often, 
I need you to type often in comments. I need you to say often to somebody in your house. If you're by yourself, don't act like you've never talked to yourself before. Just say often, often came and listened to Jesus. Why? Why would these people that are knowingly sinning come and listen to a guy that is telling them don't sin? Why would a people that aren't living a life that they're supposed to continually want to listen to a guy who's telling them don't live that way? Turn from your sins. Repent. Stop it. Because that's what Jesus would be preaching. Do you know why? Because they knew, they knew that Jesus cared about them. They knew. See, one of the biggest compliments I think to, to Meadows Church maybe that I could hear is this. Somebody leans in, watches a message, comes to a service whenever we can do that again, or listens on uh, Spotify, and they listen and they say, I don't, I don't agree with what, what they're saying. Like, I don't agree with what I'm hearing. I don't necessarily understand what they're teaching, but I can't get by the fact that every time I'm in the presence, whether it's virtually or physically, I can't get by the fact that, that I, I feel so loved and so welcomed, regardless of where I've been and what I've done and, and who I've been with and who I've hurt, regardless of any of that, I can't get by the fact that all they do is love me. That's what I want. That's what Jesus is saying. That is, that's transformation. I think that's, I hope that's how Mike felt when he walked into Meadows Church. Oh, by the way, he did. I mean, that story that I did go talk to Mike, he, he accepted an invitation to transformation and then he accepted an invitation into God's house, which is the very next step. And I pray that that's how God, or that's how Mike felt when he would step into an environment in an arena of that love. But rather than pray and speculate, how about we ask him, Mike, you wanna join us? It is, dude, it is good to see you. I mean, first. Good, good to be here. Good to be here. Yeah, first things first. Let's see. Oh, yep. Oh, uh, we're 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 cheating a little bit here, but you know what? We're gonna go with it. So we're good. We're good. Um, dude, I love you. I love you too. I so I brought Mike here because I want to. I want him to update us on how he's doing. Um, so Mike is the gentleman with, with you know had their stuff with the trailer, and so that day just to get you up to speed, he would surrender his life to Jesus Christ. And Mike, I can't help but ask. You accepted an invitation that day when you first met me face to face. You something was drawing you in. Now I believe that everybody listening right now, God is drawing them in. And, and here's the unfortunate thing: many for many people like you and I, a couple of drug addicts, it took it took us getting to a point of just such brokenness for God. But that's that's the way it works for a lot of people. Let's be honest. And that's why I think this crisis, this COVID nineteen is an opportunity to reflect and for people to say, gosh, what, what is it all about? What is my purpose? What is God doing? Is he real? So I, um, I think people can go back to the mundane. I think they can go back to busy. I think they can get back to what they used to know and they miss the moment of God wanting to move in their life. And we experienced that through a horrible situation. But, but, but I, I want to ask you this. That day in jail, you and I met. You were receptive to an invitation. In fact, I'll never forget it. Mike, when I said, do you, want, do you want what Jesus is offering? The thing is, you'd heard about Jesus before, but this was the day where, I mean, he truly flowed into your heart. So here's, I, want, I, want, I want to ask you, what made that day different? Why do you think you gave Jesus your heart that day? And, and as I asked you about the gospel, you didn't even respond audibly. You know what you did? You were sobbing in your hand and you shook your head yes like this. And then we went through the gospel together. You surrendered. Why? What, what, did, what caused that in you? Well, 
prior to you coming uh, to jail to, to, to visit me or over the video, um, I thought my life was over. Hands down, I thought that was it. My life's done. I'll never see my family, never see my kids. Um, and right when Satan thought he won, you visited me. Isn't you that know? something? And that's an invitation. Know, an invitation. It was, it was God saying, your life doesn't have to be over with. And when you offered me that, that salvation and that forgiveness and that love, I couldn't believe it. I mean, only God can do that. Only faith. And I mean, it was just how it went down was just, it was supernatural. It, it was only something God can do. And like I said, when, when I thought life was over, God reached down and gave me an opportunity um, to live or die. Yeah. Uh, you had a second chance. Yeah. And he is a God of second chances. Amen. So what's crazy about that is, so, so Mike, you surrendered your life to Christ, but you, after, after we were done meeting that day, you were still in jail. You're still, you're still locked up physically, but spiritually you've been set free. And so just describe that because from jail, then you were, then you were kind of, you know, the open door mission, which is, you know, kind of where you've been and, and living and going through rehab and all that. And, but what, it's not all roses walking with Christ. I mean, Matthew gave up all the lucrative lifestyle, but he lived a life that, I mean, he changed the world. So how's it, describe how you've been since then, maybe what opposition you've been facing or just how have you been? Well, you know, sitting in jail, um, and the many times I called you, and you just you said, "Mike, don't give up," because I was like, "Monty, there's there's just there's no way." And you you always said, "Mike, do not give up. Keeping keeping the word, keep spreading the word, and just don't lose faith." And uh, and and to have that weight come off of your shoulders, knowing that you know it's gonna be okay no matter what, is amazing because it's gonna be okay. I mean, God has a plan, and. It was hard, you know, especially sitting in jail, but, you know, keeping in the word and, and knowing what, what, you know, what God wants for us is amazing. It's awesome. So I didn't, I didn't lose faith. Um, but I love that you kept reaching out. Yeah. I mean, like every day I yeah. get a call. You're like, am I calling too much? I'm like, no, dude, just stop calling at three in the morning. <laughs> so, but it, you, you, you did that because we need each other. That's what community is all about. You don't, you don't walk in isolation when you're with Jesus. You walk with others to help each other. What's crazy, why I love this story about Matthew, and I think it's your story, just, I'm just reading about Mike, is because Matthew took it so quickly from his heart to his home. And, and, and like that day you surrendered, all of a sudden I'm getting calls from other guys in the jail. I mean, immediately, Marcus is calling. He's like, I'm like, who's this? He's like, oh, my name's Marcus. I know Mike Smith. He said, you know, you got something for me. I said, well, I don't. I said, Jesus got something for you. And, and we got people coming to know Jesus through you. So you wasted no time. I love this. Don't, don't miss this. Jesus, if he's in your heart, he'll flow to your home. It's automatic. And he's not flowing out to people around you. Then, then I don't know if he's in you. But you, that's why I knew your faith was so genuine. I knew it like that because you couldn't shut up about him. You had people. You were trying to do groups in jail. You're reaching people in jail. By the way, if you don't know this, check this out. Okay. This is, this is crazy. You ready for this? Including Mike. Eight people, just through Mike and through his love and through his extending an invitation to transformation, eight people have made decisions for Christ through a Meadows Church and given their lives to Jesus. I mean, this is amazing, Mike. When you hear that, what does that make you? Th I mean, what do you think? God is great. It's it's like these people may not have that opportunity if it wasn't for you 
extending an invitation, Christ in you. Showing what, what God can do and, and the, the love and forgiveness no matter what you did. And that's how it reached me and that's how I reached other people because, you know, they're, they were in the same boat. There's a lot of people in the same boat that think it's just, it's over. You know, what, what else is there? Well, give it over to God and just see what happens. Amen. Know? Amen. It, it's, we overcomplicate it. Yeah. Mike, what I love about you is you've been in the Word daily. You have a devotional. You stay connected to guys. I'm helping you with that. And God is being glorified. But Mike, what I want you to know is that sometimes when we get out in the world like, like where you're at right now and, and it gets hard, you forget about the impact that you made. You forget about the lives that are changing and you've changed so many lives, even more than the eight that I just we just celebrated. But uh, there's people that you're impacting in a very personal way. I mean, this is a personal thing that God wants to do. So we actually have somebody here that wants to um, share with you the impact that you made in their life. So... I just got to text him. I know this is kind of weird, isn't it? But I'm just going to text him and, and tell him to come here. It won't take long because they're downstairs. Um, but uh, I'm so excited. This, and the way this happened was all God because, because this person you've impacted in a major way. And, it's just, and, and I think sometimes you need to get a, a, a picture of what God is doing. And you need to hear, you need to be reminded about the impact that God is doing in you. So, um, I'm super excited. So, Alexis, come on in here. You guys don't need to introduce each other. Uh, this is Alexis. She's uh, Mike's daughter. So, Alexis was one of the recommitments to Christ through your story. It's personal. It's personal when, when Jesus goes from a person's heart into a person's home. Alexis, how long? I mean, you guys, it was, it's been a strange, strange, strange. Mike's been addicted off and on since he's a teenager, 14 years old. He's been doing drugs. And uh, by the grace of God, he's clean and sober today. And Jesus Christ lives in him today. But obviously on a family, that'll, that'll rip families apart. It, it, and it'll rip families apart. How long had it been since you guys really even had a relationship before Mike surrendered that day in jail and then all of a sudden he's coming to Meadows and, and, you, and you guys started to rekindle? How, I mean, how long? Um, <laughs> Do you guys know? Do you remember just approximately? Well, it, it'd probably been, what, a year at least until we actually hung out, yeah. but, but our whole life, I mean, really honestly. Before I was even born, like with my brother and my mom, it definitely like took time for me to really understand what was going on. Um, I didn't really process that it was a sickness, um, and I was just very angry at him um, my whole life. And I always heard negative negative things, positive positive things. You know, trying to my mom always she tried her hardest, you know, to keep him around and keep us um, loving him. She tried um, even with all her anger and. Um, it definitely got harder um, when I got older. Cause yeah. I, you know, it was it, it was hard because I was like, you know, I don't have a dad to like fix my car or like help me when I have boy issues or <laughs> just yeah. simple stuff like that. Um, but now I'm just it's <laughs> almost a relief, you know. Like I just have someone to call and 
so proud of him. I've never seen this. You know, it was always like a waiting game. Like um, I would go see him, and it's like, hmm, well, I see him next week. You know, um, and I started to catch on to like his addiction. Um, I could tell when he was using. Um, and I would go home and tell my mom like, it's it's no good. You know. Um, so. Okay. I know you wanted to share something with Mike, and maybe that's what you're doing right now, and if it is, that's great, but I just want to give you an opportunity right now uh, in front of Mike and everybody watching. This is the, a, a redemptive story where it's still healing, and it's still in the process. See, God's a healing God. It doesn't happen like that, but it happens. Uh, it, I mean, I just want to give you an opportunity to say anything that you want to say to your dad or to maybe anybody listening right now that maybe they're in a dysfunctional family or addiction or something like that, and what would you say to them, Alexis? Um, even though I wish things could have been different, you know, easier, I am very proud of you. Um, you've made me who I am today. And a loving person, you know, I, I work hard for what I want, and um, I'm very humble and trust, like, I've learned to trust in a whole different manner and I'm just really proud of you and thank you for doing this. We have a saying at Meadows, we'll say change lives, change lives. Change lives, change lives. Alexis is falling in love with her Heavenly Father all over again through a relationship with her Earthly Father. Mike, I want you guys to stick around here for this remainder of this message. We're about done. But anything you want to say to people watching, we believe right now there's an invitation being given like this to everybody listening, watching, that this is going out to. Like you were given an invitation. I mean, what, what do you say to people that maybe just might bypass? It might just kind of think this is just another whatever. But God is literally speaking from the heavens to them. What would you say? The change is for everybody, no matter what you've done. No matter what you've been through, God will always love you. And he will always give you opportunity to do the next best thing. And that's just love him. Uh, do what he wants. And everything else will come into play. You know, my whole family's coming back. And it's, it's amazing. And uh, instead of giving up thinking it was too late, and, you know, I didn't, I was given an option to, uh, to live life, to love, to live good, to, uh, just prosper and, and just do what Jesus wants us to do and, and be happy and love. And, uh, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you because like Matthew, check this out. Jesus Christ lives in Mike and Alexis in the heart. Jesus Christ has flowed from the heart into their homes. That's, that's why you're seeing what you see happening right now. Not only that, but there's one more thing, the hands. See, Mike is, is, is Mike, what's your, what's, your, what's your goal now in life? What do you want to become through this? I mean, you have a goal, you have a purpose. What do you believe God wants to do in this? I mean, I think you said it in that article, but tell everybody what you want to do. What do you want to do through this? To to give what I've been given uh, to, to spread God's word and, and help change lives through God, through Jesus Christ, our Savior. You um, even talked about say, being a pastor 
Yes. And what I would say to Mike is, I mean, are you sure you want to do that? Because you deal with a lot of people like you and me. Seriously, it's not easy. <laughs> so people can be hard. I don't know if you know that. But I, w- I would love to be a pastor. How cool. And uh, just to spread God's word. I mean, to watch the miracles happen. And they happen. It's like for real life. It's it's <laughs> it's what he's in the business of doing. Yeah. But you're allowing God to now use your hands to go out, and, and you're walking with other men at open door. You're leading others. You're loving others. You're discipling others. So, like Matthew, what's interesting about Matthew's story, Mike, Alexis, is this. You might think, how did it flow to Matthew's hands? Well, it literally flowed from his hand. The reason that I'm reading you the gospel of Jesus Christ right now is from the pen of Matthew. See, Matt, what's crazy about Matthew and what's crazy about our story and your story is this. The instrument that Matthew would use to literally like take from people and, and even rob people as a tax collector and a money taker, that pen that he would use to do his books is the same pen that he would use to write the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I, I think about your story, your addiction, your dysfunction, and that dysfunctional addiction mindset and the relationships that you built now god is using that for good what the devil meant for evil god wants to use for good i hope that you believe that i hope you own that that's what's happening in this man's life what the devil meant for evil god is using for good matthew used his pen to pen jesus the gospel of jesus christ and think about this and what i love about matthew's gospel he calls himself matthew if you read the story in luke or you read it in Mark, you know, you know, they tell the same story, Matthew following Jesus, they tell the same story, but they, they write it down as Levi. See, that was Matthew's previous name. That was his old name. That was his, his Jewish name he was given. But, but Matthew was given a new name. See, Matthew was given a new identity. A new identity, Mike. A new identity. I, say, I think one of the biggest mistakes people make, especially people that have had a past, and you know who you are, I don't even need to tell you, is we, we, we will allow our failures to define us. Our faults, our fears, our sins, our struggles. You've done that, I've done that. I bet Alexis, you've done that. We allow it to define us and we remember who we were and we think, oh, I'm Levi. No, 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 you're not. Not in Christ, you're not, you're Matthew. You've been made new, you've been set free. You are not your sin, okay? You are not your struggle. You are not your weakness. You are not your illness. You are not your past. See, when you accept that Jesus' invitation to transformation, he says the old is gone. He says the new is here, a new normal. That's what Jesus does. This is what excites me about the gospel. Mike, do you remember, uh, you want to talk about a new season, about a new person. I got to show you these pictures because I rem- you hadn't even been to the church yet when I declared that God was going to do something great. And I held up two things that were restored in the trailer. A Bible that was fringed, not burnt up, a miracle from God, and a, and a cross. A cross that was pristine and white at one point, but was blackened and charred at another. And in a service, I would declare in front of our church and in front of God and in front of the devil, I didn't care, I would declare God is in charge. And we declare what the devil meant for evil, God would use for good. And guess what? After that moment, you would grace the doors. Alexis would grace the doors of Meadows Church, and then there was a time when you held up something new. You held up something that had been restored. You held up a cro- the same cross, but different. A cross that was still still a little bit uh, messed up, but, but had been made new and that had been restored. That's what you did. See, this is what Jesus does. A, a, a new identity. Church, listen to me. 
Listen to me, aren't those awesome? Just keep those, those are yours. Frame them. I'm telling you this. The world was sick long before COVID-19. Can I just get real? It was, and it still is. I mean, the coronavirus, I mean, social distancing. Yeah, those things make it real for us right now and it magnifies the situation. But the world that we live in, I don't think you have to look too far to know that it's, it's, it's messed up. See, we're waiting for a vaccine and I pray that one comes, but I'm here to tell you something. When that vaccine comes and we make things better in that situation, we've still got a bigger problem. So the only vaccine that can truly set us free is the one that you took that day. It's the one that you took that day that we met face to face through that video screen. And, and, and it's, it's, it's the vaccine of, of, of the grace and the goodness and the mercy of Jesus Christ. See, the COVID vaccine, it'll heal you for a season and that's a good thing. The vaccine of Jesus Christ will heal you forever. It'll heal you for a lifetime. And I think of, I think of two reasons that I can think of that people won't really sell out. Number one, people, they may not want it. See, that's why I think this is such a great season. I mean, not because of what's going on in the world. I mean, that's, a lot of things are tragic. But what I mean is this opportunity for invitation that, that things have been disrupted so much and that's what it takes. That's what it took for you, a disruption like none other. That's what it took for me, a disruption like none other. Alexis, your recommitment, it happened through a major disruption. We've been disrupted. What does God want to do in you? Don't miss this. Others, I think that we think we're good. I'm good. I'm good. Listen to me. If it hasn't flowed, eight people have come to know Christ through a man that's been walking with Jesus for six months, okay? If you can't think of anybody you've reached, anybody that you reached out to, anybody that you loved, is it flowing through your hands? Is it flowing the way you give, the way you love, the way you serve? If it's not, it's not in your heart, okay? Don't be deceived. The Bible says, examine your faith, examine your faith. I'm asking that you would examine it. Is Jesus in your heart? If he is, he's flown to your, he's already uh, flowing into your home. He's flowing out your hands. It's automatic. It's a byproduct of what he does. And maybe you're recognizing right now that I need an invitation. I want to accept the invitation to experience what they're experiencing. This new life, this new season, a new forever. You can. That's why Jesus came. That's why God would send Jesus Christ. That the Son of God would come down to set us free. The cross that, that Mike's holding up, this cross, you know what it represents? The cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died on a cross to save Mike, Alexis, me, and you from our mess and our sin that we can't save ourselves from. And you know you can't. Gosh, if you don't know that, you know that. You know you can't. That's why you feel it deep in you. But today, Jesus Christ literally, like Matthew that day at the tax collector booth, he literally is like, here's an invitation. Come, follow me, and watch what I do. This is what Jesus says. The gospel says that you can call on his name like Matthew did and he will make you new. You can call on his name and you can be set free. You can call on his name. So I'm, I'm, I am asking that if you want to accept that, that, that invitation that Mike has accepted, that Alexis has accepted, if you want to accept that, you can right now. You can, you can do it right now. There's a, you can type, just type, I choose Jesus. You're choosing the invitation. Type it in comments right now. I choose Jesus. Or if you want, you can just text, I choose Jesus to 474747. Text it, I choose Jesus. This isn't between you and anybody else. It's you and him. He came for you. And listen to me, when you do that, you, you, will, you will start to believe who he says you are because God says this about you if you don't know. God says you're valuable, okay? God says you're lovable.
God says you're forgivable. Say, I'm forgiven. Okay, type, I'm forgiven. You're forgivable. God says you're usable. God says you're capable. God says you're blessable. God says don't, don't define yourself by what others have said, what others have typed, what others have posted. Don't let that define you. Let what your God says about you define you. And he says you are his. You, I choose Jesus and you become his. And then when he looks at you, he doesn't see your mess that you made. He sees the miracle in his son, Jesus Christ. That's what he sees when he looks at Mike. Mike still feels messed up a lot of days like I do. And I bet Alexis does too. But when Jesus Christ will look down at you right now, you know what he sees? The righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ, regardless of what you did last night, regardless of what you thought last night, he didn't see it because Christ lives in you now. So he sees the righteousness of his son and he says, that's my daughter and I love her and she's beautiful and this is my son and I love him and I have great plans for him. And he says the same thing about you. I choose Jesus. I'm praying right now for you. Okay, I'm going to pray for you. I really need you to ask, is he in my heart? If he is, he's flowed to my home, my circle, my friends, my coworkers. They know he's the center. And, I, and he's being used through my hands by the way that I give, the way that I serve, the way that I, that, that I put myself out there for others. This is, the, this is the key. I really want you to reflect on that today, this week. Ask yourself, and I'm saying again, I choose Jesus. Type it in comments. Text it to 474747. Let's do this. Let's watch what God does. God, I thank you so much for an invitation to transformation. I remember when I was given that invitation, God. Mike remembers. Alexis remembers. So many people are being given that invitation. Yet, God, I know few will take it. We get busy with our lives. We get busy thinking about getting back to our schedule and, and, and the way it used to be. And I, tr I believe with all my heart, God, the last thing you want is to go back to the way it used to be. I believe with all my heart you want something new for us. I believe you do, but the new starts with Jesus. Let, let, let us examine, God. I pray that everybody listening, everybody watching will examine their lives. Is he in me? If he is, he'll flow f into my home and into my circle. He'll, he'll, he'll flow from my hands. He will. And if that's, if that's not happening, it's time to reassess and say, you know what? I accept an invitation. I'm all in, God. Use me. I'm ready for something new because what's old, the old isn't working. The old normal, it wasn't working anyway. Why would, we, why would we run back to something that we complained about, something that we hated, something that drained us, something that took the life out of us when you came to give life to us? Not just any life, but abundant life. Father, I pray in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, that you would work in a move that a way that only you can. God, thank you for the people that are on the other side of the screens, that are the other side of their phones and computers. And I thank you. I ask you to bless them in the name of your son, Jesus. Do a work in them, God. And I pray that they'll do whatever you're telling them to do. We love you. We thank you. You're so good to us. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And we all say, amen, amen and amen. God bless you. 
Hey, thanks so much for watching today, but don't stop there. We want to invite you to be part of our Meadows family. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to our Meadows YouTube channel. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. And not only that, share this message with a friend. I encourage you. So many people are looking for hope and encouragement, and you and I have the ability to bring it to them. So again, thanks for watching, and God bless you.